Hi everyone, welcome back to the Championing Youth Minds podcast. Today I have Veronica with me. A, she's currently in a gap year, but she's going to uni to study content media and film production in October. So Veronica, would you like to say hi? Hello everyone. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No, no, it's lovely. So uh, a bit of background. I met Veronica through my work with West Sussex Mind Charity. Um, so we both were working on a project of how we can help students in year six kind of deal with that transition to high school. Um, and yeah, Veronica had some amazing things to say and she's had like an incredible kind of experience of struggles. And yeah, I was like, as soon as I saw that, I emailed her and I was like, I need to get you on the podcast. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> then I think it's why I thought the exact same thing when I was talking to you I was like oh my days like I hope I can be friends with this person and still know them and then oh. you emailed me and I was like okay yeah, we're doing that that sounds like such a cool thing to do so thank you so much for thinking of me no that's lovely to know so I guess yeah would you like to kind of describe a little bit your high school experience kind of what you touched upon when we were doing that transition work so I think the one thing we talked about with the transition situation is that every single kid is, is unique. Nobody's experience is going to be the same. Um, mine was definitely unique in that I was dealing with a, with a loss not long after year six. So about a couple months into year six, um, my mother had passed away from cancer which in itself is difficult, let alone difficult to an 11 year old kid, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that's not something you can get over in just one year. So that is something that sort of carried on with me through to secondary school. Um, and I think that idea of every kid being unique is what makes, you know, mental health support so hard. Yeah. You wish you could do it in big groups and let everybody know what they can do to help themselves and help each other. But when you've got unique situations like that, like I had, um, some kids aren't just aren't going to resonate the same as others. And it, and it was just it was really difficult in the first few years because um, as an 11 year old, I don't think you know how to grieve. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things you just push down. For example, in the day after my mum died, I went straight into school the next day. I was like, you know what? I knew this was going to happen. So I'm going to go into school anyway. Walked through the front doors. Um, this, the, school, the school was helpful in some ways, but not very helpful in others. Yeah. Um, I think there was a, we had a, <laughs> we had a notice board outside of the mm -hmm. school where the parents could go and look at all the notifications. Um, like, <laughs> like, uh, like updates on the school of the events. Um, and my mum's passing was on there yeah. on, on a board in, in front of the school for everybody to see and I was like okay strike one but we're going to carry on <laughs> went downstairs got into my class got in early specifically all the kids started coming down crying you know and, and then all the teachers started crying everyone's and I'm the only one not crying oh my Do you know god what I mean? that's, yeah and that's and that's because as an 11 year old you're like in in a state of shock you, you don't know what to do in this situation I think as an adult you understand grief better mm -hmm. and you understand loss better and I think you understand connections better yeah. um, as an 11 year old your brain is still growing and learning and it's and it's really it was a really difficult situation
situation. Um, and then that's something I carried on in, into secondary school. I shoved it down and it was, wasn't until maybe GCSE time when the stress started hitting and the anxiety started hitting, um, and the procrastination started hitting <laughs> where all the other problems started to come up as well. And then that also makes you realize that very deep rooted issues that aren't handled properly in the beginning manifest and contribute to other issues you might have growing up. For example, mine was stress, anxiety, and mm. procrastination. Those were my three main ones. Um, so I would say the I would say it was sort of like a a blank space in between year six and GCSEs. Mm -hmm. So you had one trauma sort of stuffed down, not thought about, and you think everything's okay when it's really not, and then it all just drops all at once when a new stressor comes along um so although my childhood and my you know school experience and transition you know period was very supportive um because I didn't have my own tools I didn't have my mm -hmm. own toolkit and my own sort of you know toolkit to to help myself um it you know that point one a to point b um was very was very difficult yeah so I guess like you said it was supportive but it did lack it wasn't really equipping you with the necessary skills and it wasn't kind of specialized to you I guess it was more like external support offered like more practical support yeah all like all general because and, and here's the thing this is where there's no like there's no hatred there's no oh the school should have done this the support system should have done this it's mm -hmm. hard there are a lot of kids in this country there's a lot of kids in West Sussex um with a lot of like we said unique and different problems and it's hard to be attentive to each and every single one yeah. I mean luckily you know I think all of us can think of one or two teachers in secondary school who you could always go to and talk to about absolutely anything um so I find comfort in knowing that I think every kid is going to have at least one, at least mm -hmm. one person. And if somebody really thinks they don't have anybody, like really thinks, like, I can't talk to my parents. I can't talk to my siblings. I can't talk to my friends. They'll make fun of me. I can't talk to my teachers and I love and care. Because these are things that you think yeah. when you're growing up. You think nobody cares. When in reality, there are at least, I can think straight off, the top of my head of at least five people who if I called right now would drive up to my front door and help me if I yeah. needed um and you can find people like that and I think it's showing kids where to look where to find that support support system um is is I think the first key into unlocking that you know these are the tool, tools that you can use to sort of help yourself in that situation because I think when you are struggling and you're going through something and you genuinely don't know what to do you, yeah. you feel stuck and when you feel stuck you can't do you feel like you can't do anything you feel like there's no one you feel like there's no way out um and I think often when there's a problem we um we make it worse if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah so, and it's not to like it's not it's not to say that your feelings don't matter and your feelings aren't valid it's to say that there's, you know, there's an actual phenomenon called the, the spotlight effect where your brain magnifies risk yeah. to pull you away from 
something, whenever you start something new and so whenever something bad happens, your brain's going to make it worse to keep you away from it. But the downside to that is it makes it worse, which means you feel worse when all your brain is trying to do is protect you. But I think when you're when your consciousness gets that, when you get that, that that's something your brain's going to do, you can call out and you can go, no, the situation is not that bad. These are the list of things that I can do to make this situation better. Yeah, I think what you just mentioned about the spotlight, spotlight effect, I've heard of it, like I've seen it maybe written down somewhere, but to actually kind of hear what it does is quite interesting because instantly when you said that, I related it to so many things that have happened in my yeah. life. I'm like, oh, wow, it's probably just that. Um, and obviously the situation you were in, like that's bound to happen. So I guess like, do you feel like the support was there, but before obviously your mum passed away you weren't really told that if something was to happen or if you were in a position where you needed support this is where the support is or do you kind of feel like you were thrown in the situation obviously after your mum was passing and there was a support but you just didn't know beforehand like where you could go if that makes sense I would say I was thrown in yeah Mm -hmm. definitely I think I think I mean I went to sort of family therapy counseling before and after yeah. um, my mum passed away which I think was an immediate help was an immediate sort of let's go through all the very fresh feelings now and and that, that's what I meant earlier when I said um, that I went into school the next day because I knew it was going to happen I think I was a little lucky um, that I was told um, beforehand as hard as it was being actually told you know your mum isn't going to get better this isn't a situation that's going to turn out the way you want it to um so that sort of preparation meant that it wasn't as big as big as a, of a shock if that yeah. makes any sense I mean I don't want to sound like a complete insane horrible human being but as an 11 year old I think when I was first told about my mum passing away there was sadness absolutely as any loss would cause somebody to be sad it's inevitable but there was like a bit of relief because my mum was in pain and you don't want to see somebody you love in pain you don't want to see somebody you love like that yeah um so I think I did have some preparation before and some support after but when it comes to like uh long-term support I think it's something you just have to make room for on your own. Like mm-hmm. I remember in year six, I was pulled out of class and I would uh, spend maybe an hour every Friday with somebody and we would talk from how I was feeling that week. And it was really good. So, so I would say institutions like my school, for example, definitely took the appropriate steps, I believe, to, mm-hmm. to help me out. Um, but I think once I moved on to secondary school, although teachers were made aware of my situation, it was a kind of not as touched upon. It was kind mm-hmm. of just left to how it was, um, which I can't say whether it was something I needed or something I didn't need. I'm, I don't know. I just think it was a bit of a big change from having such an, an attentive year six, like make sure Veronica's OK, um, make sure she's got this sort of support system. To suddenly being in a really big school with loads of kids who all have their own problems mm-hmm. and teachers who can't possibly 
you know attend to everyone think that way about every single one you know because there are a lot of kids um so it kind of went from I I don't want to say it went from support to most support because that would be incorrect um but it's sort of put on the back burner and that's when I think when I went to secondary school it was like right you're in big school now this is something that you've got to learn and figure out for yourself you know but on top of that you obviously had your friends and your basic you know your basic friends and family who would always just every so often pat me on the back and go you good do you need anything do you just need you to sit do you want to scream cry vent like Mm -hmm. your tub of ice cream with me like it's like little things like that really so yeah I'd say that's my answer to that question (laughs) yeah I guess going back to kind of what you touched upon during the kind of year six transition project I mean it's such a difficult situation because like you said like even with the support it's kind of something you have to navigate yourself which is unfortunate because it's not easy it's stressful it's lonely it's draining I guess what would you like some of the strategies which you talked about like kind of what do you wish you were maybe told when you were before you went to high school what do you wish you were maybe I don't know like we talked about that kind of support of like what do you wish you were told what do you wish you were taught kind of things like that I mean I kind of wish if I could go back and sort of scream at my face at my 11 year old face I'd probably sort of say everything that people tell you is a big deal might not always be as big of a deal as it actually is Mm -hmm. because to me going up into secondary school and this is brutal honesty I'm not saying anybody who's <laughs> listening to this podcast I'm not saying don't try hard at school always try hard at school you'll always learn something new it's just a part of life work hard at school don't not try but if we're being realistic what you do in school only really properly counts when you probably get to year 10 because that's when yeah. you take your GCSEs your A-levels and things like that but then you had me who saw every single C on a paper or fail on a paper in year seven to year nine was the end of the bloody world like Mm. it was it's like that's it I'm never I'm not gonna be happy I'm not gonna be successful I'm not gonna be okay and I think it's a case of not taking life too seriously but taking it seriously enough that you care enough about yourself to give yourself your best chance in this crazy planet that we live in um I would probably I'd probably give myself some perspective do you know what the chances of you and I existing what is it it's like one in 400 trillion oh, wow. the, the chances of the chances of me being born is one in 400 trillion and the chances of both of us being born and meeting it this time and talking about the situation having this conversation right now the odds are probably even like less like it's crazy like give yourself some perspective like you are like here have you ever had one of those like out-of-body experiences where you look in the mirror and you're like this is my face like this is my body this is what I look like this is what the world sees (laughs) like it's really spooky and I think it's I think it's just I think when you transition to year six to year seven or if you're reflecting on your transition to year six to year seven, or you want to use that to sort of help your life from here onwards, 
um, I would just say go into life with as much perspective as you can. Look at a situation and think, okay, honestly, without my brain making it worse and looking at what can actually be done to make the situation better, is it the end of the world? No. Are my feelings about it valid? Yes, I'm allowed to be nervous. You can be nervous when new things happen, like a transition from a different year. And, you know, I would say the transition from year six to year seven is very similar to transitions from, for example, year 13 to uni. Yeah. But like magnified at a thousand percent because now you're adulting. Like you, you've got to do adult <laughs> stuff. Um, you know, you've got to sort out your student loan. You've got to sort out your savings. You've got to make sure you're, you know, getting yourself up in the morning and your parents aren't going to wake you up every morning and make you breakfast. You know, you, you know, it's, there's a very good parallel there where I think and that's why I think of what we did a part of this well-being you know task force to just help kids transition from year six to year seven and give them the toolkit will definitely help them down the line when they're year 13 to uni or year 13 to college or year 13 to a foundation course or year 13 straight into work Mm -hmm. like I think and that's another thing I would tell myself is you don't have to do what the rest of the world does you don't have to go to university if you don't want to I was hell-bent I was hell-bent on not going to university when I left school but my exam results were better than I thought they were thought or thought they would be and my brother opened his mouth and was like you should probably check clearing Veronica like you never know and then I found this course that I I literally fell in love with and thought Mm -hmm. this might really help what I want to do and what I love which is film and content and media and and acting and things like that and and you know I think what I would do is if I could go back and tell myself I would tell myself all the things that I wish I hadn't known before yeah <laughs> which is you don't have to do what the rest of the world does you can be different you can be unique um like I've taken all the pressure off the next 10 years I've sort of said from the age of 20 to 30, like there's no pressure. I don't have to do anything from by the age, by this age. I don't have to mm-hmm. do anything by this age. The ages of 20 to 30 is just living and exploring because we're not supposed to know what we're doing. And the last thing I probably tell myself is nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah. So, you know, don't stress about it. Somebody who says they do know what they're doing is lying because chances are sooner or later they still won't have a clue. Um, it's just I think it's taking it one step at a time and just I think I think do it daily don't look too far ahead in the future like think of the day ahead not any not tomorrow not yesterday because it's gone but just today what can I do today to make myself feel good to have a good day to be happy to feel accomplished to feel fulfilled what can I do in this day in this I don't know how how long you're awake for I don't know in this 24 (laughs) hours um you know what can I do just me regardless of everybody else regardless of the state of the world pandemic or not what can I do I think that's what I would do is I'll go back and just say focus on you obviously care about other people but make sure you're helping yourself first you know Mm -hmm. yeah I think everything you just said is really important and like you said that perspective if you had that perspective at that first kind of big transition like that jump you do in life then it gives you that you hold that perspective when it comes to you know things like a levels to uni a levels job uni to job um 
because I'm reflecting on it now I'm in my second year at university and I think I need that perspective my peers need that perspective of like what you do now yeah. is not the end of the world like you, you're going to get a degree at the end of this what kind of class honors you get isn't the end of the world like just live in the moment and I think mm-hmm. we all say like you know live in the present live in the moment be mindful of the moment but you have to put perspective to it and kind of really understand what that means um and yeah like I love what you said about 20 to 30 you just want to live life because you got the opportunity yeah. to do it and I think yeah I think sorry carry on yeah sorry I was just gonna say like I think had had I been given that perspective at a younger age maybe I wouldn't be chronically ill I mean god knows but yeah. anyways yeah carry on no but like your story is like because I remember you telling me um like your story is very is really good I think as well and that really good perspective for other kids to look at on how your mental you know situation can even affect you physically mm-hmm. like it is really you've got to take care of yourself and I think that's why I think people are trying to be so loud about mental health is that not only is it a threat to your mental health and things can get really bad but it can affect you physically and I think mm-hmm. when things start to go downhill physically that's when real worry real anxiety real depression starts to set in mm-hmm. um where you're like well mentally I can handle because I still have my physical engine I can still move I can still do this without feeling this mm-hmm. and then like like you said with your chronic illness like I can't imagine imagine dealing with both like hats <laughs> off to you for using your your situation to help others because I think that's like another level of of strength to be able to to push through that but yeah I think it's a like like you said it's li- literal perspective and I think the reason schools don't do it I think I think schools are scared that if they tell kids your grades aren't the end of the world that kids will stop trying yeah that they're like well I might as well not try if they're not a big deal I might as well not try my dad gave me a brilliant analogy I'm gonna have to talk to the podcast and tell them what I'm doing physically but right now I've got my hand between like either side of my face yeah that's like portraying the length of time let's say this space between my hands is your life your education is this much I've now moved my hand to a very small section of length that's your education this is the rest of your life the small part here the education does not dictate the rest of your life doesn't Mm -hmm. dictate it doesn't say whether it's going to be great whether it's going to be bad whether you're going to be successful whether you're not but it does decide how hard the rest of that timeline is so your education might not dictate your life but it might make it harder or easier I believe personally this is just my own beliefs you can get further with a decent education do you have to go to school to get that education no because we educate ourselves every single day but I think taking that pressure off is going to help kids immensely the mm-hmm. amount of people who have gotten so far having dropped out of college or dropped out of uni um, or changed their mind halfway through to do something else has done one career for one half of their lives and then changed it for the other and has lived a perfectly happy life in both um, I think it's getting rid of the illusion that perfect exists no life is perfect 
you're going to change your mind. Things are going to go wrong. But I think it's it's bringing back the preciousness of life because I think we've like dumbed down life so much. Like I said, our chances of being on this planet is one in 400 trillion. Those are crazy odds. Those are nuts. But we forget. Everybody's forgotten and everybody's acting like some people are acting like they're coming back. I mean, obviously, it depends on what you believe. But, you know, in my belief, you've got one of these lives. You might as well do it trying to make you happy and not trying to please your, your teachers, your parents, your friends. Um, so it's definitely, I would say, perspective is a big, a very big point. And I think that just all interweaves, intertwines with, with mental health is just perspective, looking at your situation and going right. This is not the end of the world. And I know it's really hard right now, but it's not the end of the world. What can we do to make this better? I mean, honestly, I thought it when I first listened to you and when I listen to you now, I'm like, it's just, I wish everyone could have this perspective, but unfortunately, the people which have this perspective is because they've gone through something traumatic, really difficult, which has forced them on the other end to come out with this perspective. And it's, it's yeah. kind of like, bittersweet because it's like you see you know you're like wow great you know they've overcome they're so resilient they have this amazing perspective but you don't want everyone to have to go through a difficult time to have that perspective um and I mean like you know there's a few things it's like I know people who are 20 in their 20s now and they still say you know if I'm if I'm not like stressed or anxious then I'm just going to not be motivated like they feel like rather than you know like stress and anxiety is driving their motiva- motivation and it's it's just such a harmful kind of mindset to be in that's a very good point you just made in that people feel that stress anxiety leaving things to the last minute procrastination is what makes them do get things done because before they they just wouldn't do it and I think that is the root, the, yeah. uh, the absolute root of where this sort of mental illness sort of, or mental health sort of spawns and grows. It's because imagine if your fuel was motivated by passion and, you know, desire and fulfillment, not stress and panic. How much better would that process be if you were doing something because you love to do it I always think if the only way you can do something is if there's a deadline and you're stressed and you've left it last minute and you really it doesn't make you feel good you shouldn't be doing it because clearly that's not what fulfills you and what you know and what you enjoy you have to do what you enjoy and often if you enjoy it you'll want to do it you have I think people have to remind themselves why they started something Mm-hmm. like if you feel like you're losing hope and you feel like you don't want to go on remember why you started why you applied to that uni why you're doing that course and if you feel like you've changed your mind talk to your friends talk to your lecturers talk to your teachers about about you know your options and how things can go it's okay to change your mind but definitely what you said about people using stress and anxiety as, as a fuel yeah, but at what cost? A cost of your emotional health. You know, stress, like we've spoken about, has physical consequences as well. Lack of sleep, loss of hair, 
big bags under your eyes that everybody can see that everybody can see <laughs> you not being able to start your day without three coffees and too much caffeine that as we know is bad for you and then it goes into a whole cycle I think it's all habits it's all habit loops and then and breaking that habit of leaving something till last minute and using that stress and anxiety to get it done rather than getting it done early and actually doing what you want to do for the rest of the week you know I think like like I feel like I keep repeating myself it is perspective and action it's it's those two things um but yeah definitely I think that's another cycle that's going to have to figure out a way and maybe that's our job maybe that's our job is it's our job to show people that perspective and say hold on a second you do realize you don't have to do that if you don't want to you can do it this way and you can have this sort of perspective that then turns into this action and um and maybe that will improve your situation so Mm -hmm. I think everybody has a role to play but um definitely about what you said about it being sort of almost uh, how you know how we were talking about how the world's sort of forgotten what life's about yeah and that was a set way of doing things I think I did um <laughs> I did my first short movie uh not that long ago for CFT they did the express yourself week and I and I put in a little piece and I called it default and I basically shed light on the idea that there's a default set way of living that's sort mm-hmm. of been passed down for generations which is go to school get a job get married have kids die like that's it yeah um when really it should be more than that like who decided on this set way of living like whatever happened to just individuality and obviously caring for your neighbors and contributing to the economy and talking about what you care about but i'm just talking regardless of economic political situations (laughs) regardless of pandemic worlds and (laughs) all of it regardless of the noise getting back down to the route where life should be unpredictable should never be boring or feel like you shouldn't be here I just I you know I I hate the thought of anybody thinking that they don't belong on this planet because we've talked about the odds mm-hmm. if you're being here is one out of 400 trillion dude you're supposed to be here like <laughs> you're definitely here for a reason um whether it's to learn a lesson whether it's to teach other people, whether it's to simply travel or take care of, I don't know, frogs, whatever your, you know, desire (laughs) or dream is, that's your literal point. I think people need to get to the point of why they're here and and that's a process and it can change. And I think it's just coming to all these revelations, which can be really hard. Um, It can be hard to, to get to this point. And I've gotten to this point of perspective through my hardships because I know you're also saying how it's a shame that people only ever get to this bigger perspective when they've gone through hardship as horrible as it is uh, as much as I don't want to say this sentence hardship is necessary yeah like failure is necessary all these really horrible moments that everybody's going to go through is necessary so that you can then find your fulfillment find your happiness um so it's it's just trust the process yeah I think it's a really interesting kind of conversation because I've I have had conversations with my peers who have kind of okay they haven't gone through kind of something like me and you so they wouldn't have this conversation we're having now and we end up having this conclusion that 
okay, we're both just on very different wavelengths and we have different views of life and different views on priorities. And I think it's hard because, yeah, it's like, why are we even coming to that conclusion? It's, it's like we sit, we're sitting here and talking right now, talking about this perspective because we want other people to be open to this perspective because I, like for me, when I was, you know, trying to kind of do things the way, you know, is default, the way people think is the way to do things, I wasn't happy and there was no fulfillment out of it. And the day I realized that my chronic illness journey has made me a better person and given me a perspective that other people don't have, the day I realized that is when I started feeling fulfillment and happiness because I started doing things that like I wouldn't be doing this podcast I wouldn't be doing any of this if I didn't realize that and I think a lot of people kind of end up viewing education as like this is mandatory this is what I need for my survival and I feel like as a society we've shifted from food and water and shelter being our necessities to now like grades degree you know, a certain level of like, it just constantly is like pushing up the threshold to basically kind of be enough. And it's just so detrimental. And like you said, is like, you need to take that time to stop and reflect. And we both were put in situations where we kind of were forced to stop and reflect. And I've said to my peers, like anyone going through a difficult time, I've said, take that time to just stop and reflect. They're like, oh, but I have exams. Like there's just, no time for me to stop and reflect um yeah yeah no I I 100% agree I think one thing that I've learned to do is when I'm stressed and when I really should be doing something I think it's better to do something when you're not stressed if that makes any sense yeah say I'm probably (laughs) foreseeing the future right now but I bet there's going to be a moment in uni where I'm swamped where the, when I wake up and I'm supposed to do something straight away and that immediately stress is there, immediately anxiety is there. I would prefer to do what the work that I need to do when I'm in a mindset where I'm calm, collected and I can do it. If I'm stressed, I'll go for a walk. Mm-hmm. I'll have a workout. I'll chill for a minute, breathe, maybe meditate. I'll pause. I'll do something completely different. I'll give myself about 30 minutes maybe 20 depending on how much I've got to do to stop first and reflect and look Mm -hmm. about it and go right I am stressed but I've already gone through my head how I'm going to do it this is the situation this is what we've got Mm -hmm. so this is what we're going to do it calm yourself down take a breath remind yourself that it's not the end of the world honestly sometimes when you get stressed about something it's just because you care yeah you don't want to mess up you don't want to do it badly You, you care a lot about it um but I don't think anybody performs at their best when they're stressed um this is why I've and here's the thing I don't want it to make it out because we've had quite a large discussion about education today I do not want to make it out at all that I am not grateful for my education or that I do not value education I know full well that there are many people on this planet who don't have a right to get that education Mm -hmm. and they should do that should be able to access education and can't it's not what I'm saying at all I think education is great and I think school is great but what I'm saying is that we all know that school specifically university specifically is not the only way that you educate yourself 
Yeah. You can read. We've got the internet now, which I know a lot of people hate. A lot of other generations hate our internet and they and they <laughs> curse at it every single day because they think it's so horrible. But I think it's just created more opportunity, more knowledge, more education than than ever before. And as well as going back to, to books and audio book as well for people who find it easier to listen. And I think all these different types of learning through imagery or through writing or through reading or through listening, you know, we're now attending that. We're now accessing that people who learn differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I wish education would do, I wish it would change, but I don't think it will do. I wish it would change because I don't think that um exams are actually effective I think they're more based on memory than actual yeah you know applying yourself and applying the knowledge that you've learned in a practical way um I think exams are knowledge tests I think coursework should come back I know some subjects do have them but I know that overall coursework was sort of thrown out the window a couple years ago um I thought coursework was brilliant because it takes work throughout the year and it doesn't dictate your entire education on one day where you might have a bad day yeah. and that one day dictate because I've always said like you could have a kid who gets straight A's absolute straight A's throughout the entire year but on that one day of the exam it's the just the question they didn't want it's the morning they didn't want it's the day they just didn't want and it goes badly mm-hmm. you know I don't think it's I don't, it doesn't make sense to me how an entire education can be depended on on one one exam but then I don't want to get <laughs> I don't want to get you know all controversial about it but I think if but I think if perspective changed again I think if kids go right this is the education we've got we wish it was different but we're lucky to have this one what can we do to meet them halfway so that we do well so that everybody's all right um but yeah I think it's yeah it's tough it's tough being a kid I think a lot of <laughs> adults are like you you can't and this is another thing I think when kids struggle with mental health um and I think one of the big problems I think when it comes to that is we don't feel like we're taken seriously oh yeah for you sure. know our, our parent I don't know whether you've ever had this said to you before but an adult might be a parent might not be depends who it is has come to you and has said oh you don't know hardship yeah. I had to do this. I had to do this. You don't All know what hardship is. As if because of our age, it takes away the value of our of our feelings and what we're going through. And and then when you are, you know, struggling, whether it be depression, anxiety, um, and you're going through something, can that parent or that adult will turn around to you and go, Well, why didn't you tell me? And then we'll say, because whenever I tell you, you turn around and you say, we don't know what it is and that it's made up in our heads, that it's all in our heads and that it's not real. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it, I think the root, I think, of mental health and problems in kids is, I think there's a huge misunderstanding between younger generations and older generations. I think there's a, they think that there's a huge chasm there that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I think it's all fueled from just being misunderstood and I think if if everyone were to just sit down at a big round table and everyone were to just take their turn <laughs> you know I think I think every generation has hardship mm-hmm. every single generation has hardship but I think people have definitely said to me that you know adults have come around and said to me all oh, this mental health stuff we didn't have this around when we were kids 
and yeah. in my head it's like because you didn't talk about it because uh-huh. you thought it was normal because you thought feeling that way and going through that was normal and it's not normal at all you should have been able to have this help but we're talking about it now because it's becoming an issue and worst mm-hmm. case scenario someone will think that they don't belong here when they do and I think there are all these little sort of roots and and vines that are sort of but yeah there's just that imaginary chasm that's there when it's not and I think if everybody just sat and said everyone goes through hardship ours is just a little bit different Mm -hmm. um get all oh yeah all these little roots and sort of things that just fall into one big issue and I think if we pinpointed each issue and worked on it individually then then we could we could save the world Tanya we save the world let's do it (laughs) no because honestly like I've had what are you going to do when you have a mortgage to pay, a house to pay, a family to look after if you're stressed about this? And it's stuff like, you know, what's wrong with this generation? Is it just like nowadays people are just like born like, you know, with these problems? And it's like, no, your generation had them as well. But the people which kind of spoke out about it were just sectioned. And I think the most important thing is, is that from their generation the difference is is our generation has that perspective we're gaining that perspective and those who have perspective are speaking out and kind of giving an opportunity for other people to gain that perspective and I mean I feel like we've said the word perspective so many times but I cannot emphasize enough the importance of it you should title you should title this podcast gaining perspective (laughs) (laughs) no because I think it's so important yeah no it's just so important no it is it's I think I think it is down to how I think you might be individually raised Mm -hmm. but clearly everybody's stuck in it so it can't be an individual raising thing it's got to be a generational thing where over the time there's just a set of ideals on how life should be and I think it's it's reminding everybody that not everybody has to do the same thing because that's the world we live in we can't stop Mm -hmm. other people from doing things we don't like people can't stop us from doing things that they don't like um but I think at the end of the day it's all rooted in not thinking too much about yourself because I know that's that's how it might be coming across obviously be that kind neighbor help your community always give back because it comes back I'm a really big believer in what goes around comes around good and bad I believe in manifestation I believe in all of that um because <laughs> have you ever had a moment where things have been really good for a really long time where you start to get suspicious like yeah. something bad is gonna happen soon like it can't <laughs> be this good but I've been really feeling that way lately where things have been really good in in majority of areas of my life and I'm thinking, wow, like this is this is how I'm supposed to feel, and how we're supposed to feel, we think isn't right, and that's crazy. You're supposed to feel happy, yeah. Something might happen that might knock you a little bit, but you're resilient. We're built to bounce back, and those moments pass, and you can get back in. Um, but yeah, that's that's another strange thing I've noticed is when we're actually feeling the way we're supposed to feel and living the way we're supposed to live, we think it's wrong. We think something's got to happen soon to, to balance out the universe because things have always been been bad for for a really long time. But I think I think the longest struggles are followed by like the greatest 
goods. And I think it's just holding out, keep going, patience, 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 patience and perspective. That is what I'm the going with. Two P's. <laughs> two P's. <laughs> no, honestly, I think, yeah, I think, I don't know, like, I guess the last thing I'd want to say to anyone listening to this podcast is you don't have to feel like you need to sacrifice feeling happy feeling fulfilled feeling you know passionate about something you don't have to sacrifice that in the sake of kind of filling the requirements you think you have to you like a fitting a criteria which you think you have to fit um whether that's you know I hate it when I see people feel like I can't go out I can't meet my friends I can't do this because I need to revise or because I need to do this and it's like don't give that up like I think it's about really valuing yourself and bringing that that value back to life that our life is precious and like you said the odds of us being here are crazy and we need to value that and I think over time we've ended up kind of shifting the scales and putting more value to what we do what we achieve rather than the fact that we're here and the fact that you know we're lucky to be breathing and alive and I think it's like I used to have it a lot as a kid where I would just space out and I would just think this voice in my head why is it this voice what is it like for other people it's just that kind of crazy moment where you're like wow like I'm a person um it sounds so stupid but it happens no no I'm actually so thankful that you just said that because I thought that I was the only one who thought that for so long like when you have one of those out-of-body experiences and you're like like this is me like regardless of like how you think you were created like again this is like regardless of religion political economy whatever like you're on this planet and whether you believe that's a miracle or not then like we've talked statistically if you're someone who's completely based on facts we just gave you the statistics the facts are crazy mm-hmm. um and like you said it's it's bringing back value and bringing back that meaning and I think the reason I think we're talking about people sort of being stuck in that default is another sort of word for that I think people might be more familiar with is um autopilot yeah is you are in autopilot for so long that you and you get into these habit loops where you go from one place and then you're somewhere completely different that's that's really bad and you think how did I get over here how do I get back over there like you blink and it's gone in an instant and you where, where you thought you were good you're suddenly in a place where it's you feel like it's the worst place you could be in in the world um so you know I think my overall point is that you know people are gonna get mad at me you know what we should do we should do a perspective tally every <laughs> single time we say perspective thing um that goes <laughs> off but it is it's true like I've got a huge sign above uh, my door that says don't take life too seriously nobody gets out alive anyway but, like that's the sign I've got that I look out every single time I go out my door um and obviously you can take that how you will <laughs> but for me it's, it's a really good reminder that like what the world tells me matters might not matter as much to me personally yeah you know I think too too many people are living their life based off of judgment of others rather than judgment of themselves in a couple years time like 
when you're at the end of your life and you know it's over I hate to get depressing sorry but I swear this would be a good point at the end of this where you can look back and you can go yeah I did it I carried on even though this part of my life was really just hard I got through it like and I think kids need to give themselves more credit we're yeah. living in a crazy world where you know and I you know people look at depression and mental health and they 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 feel so state so scandalous about it. Like, oh my days, she's she's depressed. Oh my days, he's got he's got anxiety. Like, why are you acting so scandalous about it? Like, we live in a crazy world. It should be normalized, quite frankly, that sometimes we can look at the world and just go, you know what? I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not because that is crazy, you know. And you've seen it in this last year pandemic. Everybody stayed in their houses. It's been absolutely crazy. And I think kids need to give them more credit that regardless of how they feel in the morning they get up mm-hmm. and they try again every single day they try again we have like so many second chances I think we should eliminate second chances we have like a trillion chances chances mm-hmm. never really run out we could be 45 and still change our lives around like there's no there's no limit to mm-hmm. be honest I think the limit is when you're when you're gone <laughs> when you're gone uh, that, that's when the limit ends but while you're still breathing and kicking and still you know going outside and, and trying again regardless of your situation regardless of pandemic regardless of family situation regardless of loss regardless of grades you know the fact that you wake up see the mess of the world we're in and try and make it a better place anyway I think it's just again the root of of getting you know, to that place that I think everybody dreams of getting to, which is just happiness, being content, being happy and doing what you love. And I think it's just reminding people that that's what you've got to focus on is yourself, the people you care about and your dream, and then just go, wake up in the morning and go. Yeah, no, it's been lovely speaking to you and getting your perspective <laughs> on oh, this. Love it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for you know really sparking and insightful discussion and like I said before like every time I've well this this is the second time I'm hearing from you now and it's just so relatable and it's just like oh like it's a refreshing kind of thing to hear um so yeah thank you and to everyone listening to this I hope you enjoyed it and we'll please tune in next time absolutely thank you so much for having me (laughs) great